Welcome to the Gifted in Real Life podcast, where we discuss all things gifted learning, whether you yourself are gifted, you're parenting, counseling, or helping to launch someone gifted. This is the place to discuss your journey without the fear of judgment. I insist that you relax and enjoy the show. Welcome today to Gifted in Real Life, where we are interviewing Jared T. Ross. Jared, thank you for um, coming on today. I'm really excited to talk with you. How are you? I am doing well. Life is good and always getting better. Good. That's a great answer. So I wanted to just start today by talking a little bit about um, who you are. If you could just share a little bit about your background with us, what you do at this point, um, that'd be great. Sure. So I am a metaverse business consultant, which means I help people build, navigate, and profit in the world of the metaverse. That includes cryptocurrency, NFTs, augmented reality, virtual reality, and other related tech. So I recently dropped out of college earlier this year. And before that, I was out at a boarding school called Milton Hershey School in Pennsylvania. Wow. Wow. That's that is interesting. That is that is great, actually. I know that may sound like a strange response, but I think that is um, highly commendable of you, that you found your purpose and you went for it. So can you talk to us about um, sort of your early educational experience in elementary school? Can you share some of the things that you remember um, about your educational experience? Like what was school like for you? I found early on that I really excelled in the maths and sciences. And at my young age, I was convinced that that was my lane. And I was convinced that there was two types of people, the creative types who were abstract thinkers, and then there were those who excelled at the maths and sciences. And so I lived most of my life with that mindset of being one or the other. And I thought I fell into the math and sciences side. It wasn't until around 2016 in high school when I unlock that creative side of me. And then I went crazy becoming an artist myself. And I had a lot of fun during that time as I unlocked that piece of myself. But going back to elementary, that's how I operated and that's where I excelled. In the math and sciences, I had the opportunity to skip third grade and go to fourth, but I decided I did not want to do that. Why? It was probably just, I was scared. I didn't want to leave my friends. I decided to stick um, in my grade level. Wow, wow. So a lot of kids who fall into that range, um, you know, the podcast is about giftedness. A lot of kids who fall into that category do skip a grade or they used to. It's not as common now because a lot of schools just have policies against it. They just don't encourage it um, because a lot of times gifted kids are what's called asynchronous developers, meaning that they're like multiple ages at once. So I can understand you saying you didn't want to leave your friends while academically you probably were ready. You probably were, you probably could have gone to the fourth grade. Um, But from a social perspective, I could understand a kid being, um, you know, questioning whether or not they would fit in or just not wanting to leave their friends. So you said something that made me want to ask you a question more about it. You said that you had, you came to the realization that you could weave art into math and science. What was the catalyst for that? 
How did you come to that? Right. I I took a trip to Ghana in 2016, and I'm not sure what exactly it was, but that experience, it just, it changed something when I, when I came back to the States and it just, I, I saw this other perspective. I saw a lot of the artwork there and it wasn't any one particular moment. It was just the experience and the exposure as a whole that unlocked something inside of me and allowed me to tap into that creative side and blend the two. Wow. So how can you remember that trip? Can you remember how it felt being in nature at all? Because I would imagine that you probably did a lot of exploring and hiking and that sort of thing. Yes, yes. It it was a lot of fun. I remember it well. I got lots of pictures, videos. It was a very enjoyable experience. We got to go there and actually help cocoa farmers plant uh, over a thousand shade trees for their farms. And that experience was one of my favorite of of the whole two weeks I was there. And so was that a school trip? It was. It was a school trip. And I'll I'll talk more about that when we get to the high school uh, part of things. Okay, awesome. Mm -hmm. So this was um, this was a catalyst. So. Mm -hmm. All right. So what made your parents decide or how or who was it who brought um, to your family's attention the boarding school that you attended in Pennsylvania? Right. So for context, In in my high school years, actually eighth grade through high school, I went to a school called the Milton Hershey School. And so this was a nonprofit free of charge boarding school in Pennsylvania, and it's for low income families. So my family, my background is from low income. And so we were just in not the best situation at home. And my mom knew that I was smart enough to take advantage of the school system. And she wanted me to go to a place with a high quality education. And so I'm not sure how she found it. I've just been an ad online or you know, researching online, but she found that school. And then we flew out there for an interview and to get my, uh, my cognition tested. And when we flew back, we waited a couple of weeks and I got approved to enroll in the school. And next thing you know, I was flying uh, halfway or totally across the country to enroll at the Milton Hershey School. Wow, kudos to your mom. When there's something that a mom knows that her child needs, if she doesn't know anything about it, she can be more dangerous than the FBI in her pursuit to figure it out. So kudos to your mom for putting you in an environment that nurtured your curiosity, because I can already see how that experience has played into what you're doing with your life now. Um, So what are some of the things that you struggled with maybe at the boarding school? And what are some of the things that you think really did change the trajectory of your life? Like, were there things that you can remember or point to that helped to set you up for the kind of life, the kind of mindset that you have now? Right. So what the school really provided was a a workbench for me to work on myself and my life goals. And typically coming from those low income backgrounds, you got some more important, some more urgent things to worry about. And so there's a lot of these other stressors, but when you go to this boarding school, a lot of those stressors are taken care of. Food, housing, you don't really even need money uh, while while living there because everything is provided for you. You might not like everything, but it's still provided for you. And so having all that weight off my shoulders allowed me to think more freely and more creatively and more critically about my life, my work, and what I can give to the world. So that's really what I what I took away from that school. I loved my experience there. I really did. So I want to get into some of the details of what your classroom setup was like. So what grade mm-hmm. did you start at Hershey? In eighth grade. 
eighth grade. Eighth grade. So do you remember like any of the details about the kind of lessons that you had? Like, were they mostly traditional? Do you remember doing a lot of hands-on like project-based or inquiry-based type learning? Can you talk about that a little bit? I think the school did have more of a mix of those more immersive learning experiences than most schools. But for the most part, it was very much traditional. It was very much that what you would typically expect of a, of a high school education, um, just a higher caliber, of course, but the structure of it was very much the same. Right, okay. Mm -hmm. All right, so talk about what happened um, as you got to your senior year and you were considering colleges. What was that process like for you? Did you make those decisions all by yourself? Did the school help you make them? Mm -hmm. how, how involved was your mom with that? It was uh, it was very independently um, organized. It, it was like we have career counselors, and since the ninth grade, I I determined I wanted to go to California for college. Now it's very interesting because this boarding school, they have like post graduation support systems where they help support recent graduates from the school and make sure that they um, are seen through their college experience. So. By the way, this is this whole school is funded by the Hershey Chocolate Company. So we've got a multi-billion dollar endowment, wow. meaning we also get scholarship money to go to college. Oh, wow. So we get we get we get tens of thousands of dollars to go to college. So, and so, so all you have to do is get in to the college. And you, have, you have to get out. right, right, right. And you have to earn throughout your time at Milton Hershey School. You have to earn those that scholarship just by having good behavior, meeting certain grade requirements. I think it's fairly easy, but you earn that scholarship. And then once you get enrolled in a college, the school has to approve for you to attend it. So Milton Hershey School has to approve that. Now, something that they implemented is they said, students aren't allowed to go to a college that is farther than five driving hours away from either Milton Hershey School or their family. So I was going outside of both of those realms. I was going to California. My family was up in Washington State. So when I told my career counselor in ninth grade that I want to go to college in California, they said, no, you can't do that. I said, I am going to. <laughs> and so through the years of high school, ninth through 10th grade, I just proved myself. I just proved myself as a capable and independent person to be able to handle that type of responsibility. So when it came time, to apply to colleges, usually you work with your career counselor and they say, yes, you can apply here. No, you can't apply there. I said, I'm going to apply to only California schools. And at that point in time, after those four years, there's nobody that challenged me. There was nobody that challenged me on that decision because they knew what type of person I was and that I could handle that type of responsibility. And so the, the big reason they even have that policy is a lot of students go to college, they feel totally alone and they drop out because the loneliness, because they can't handle it on their own. And so they want, the school wants to keep them close to their support systems, whether that be Milton Hershey School or their family. But being the independent person that I am, I was able to thrive without that and create my own support system within that new environment that I was going to. And so when it came time to apply again, applied to only California schools, got into some, didn't get into others, and ended up going to the University of San Francisco. Wow. Wow. That's awesome. So um, as you are going through the ninth grade, are you, do you, are you aware of the fact that like, are you purposefully doing things to set yourself up to prove to the powers that be, I can handle this. I'm doing this to show you that I can from ninth grade all the way through 12th grade. Did you do that on purpose 
or did it just sort of transpire? It's something that I had in the back of my mind, but there, there weren't necessarily conscious decisions of me saying, well, I'm going to do this so that they see what I can do. It was, that's just who I was. Um, school came, came very naturally to me. And by the way, I want to comment on this because a lot of people think I'm smart because I had great grades all throughout school. I think that's the least relevant factor in my level of intelligence because it's really just a game. It's a it, system. Such and a once game. you, yeah, and once you learn how to play their system, it, I think it's very, very easy to excel in classes. Uh, like when I got to college, for example, everybody was telling me, oh, you're going to have to study a lot more than you do in high school. Yes. I didn't find that to be true at all. I, I did not, I, I did not study very much, but I paid attention in classes and I knew how to learn. That, that was my, my greatest asset in school is I knew how to learn. I knew how to take information, even if it wasn't explained very well, I knew how to convert it into a way that made more sense and register that in my mind so that I can use it on these tests and exams. Now that right there is a gift. Mm -hmm. Knowing how to learn, most people don't. Um, most people don't have that skill. So, wow, that, that's amazing. So, so talk to me about your college experience. Now you're in college, you're going through, you're taking these classes, you know, you decided what you wanted to study. Talk me through that experience and what led up to you deciding, hey, I'm ready to go to the real world right now. Well, I'll say this, just like I loved Milton Hershey School, I loved the University of San Francisco. I absolutely love both of those schools. I still visit University of San Francisco all the time. I still got plenty of friends there. And I still work with the, with the staff sometimes. So actually, um, we'll, we'll get to this in a moment. But I did teach a couple classes at USF recently. Nice. So that same nice. college I dropped out of. But, but anyways, so my college journey, I actually went into college with the mindset of dropping out. Like I was very much prepared to drop out because to me, I never enrolled in college for the education. I enrolled for the experience and for the networking opportunities. That's why I went to college. Right. The education, the, the degree aspect was, you know, it was a non-factor. Honestly, I, I never valued that degree because I just didn't foresee needing that in my life, especially a degree in entrepreneurship and innovation. That was the major I was pursuing uh, for no other reason than that's where I saw my life going. Like I was going into entrepreneurship regardless. So I might as well just choose that major, see if I can pick up some tools to help me along the way. So I get to college. Um, like, you know, I, I'm doing well all throughout my classes and I get to a point and I think the Zoom classes from COVID, they contributed to this, this sensation, but they were not the determining factor. Let me preface this by saying after spending a couple, like one semester at my university, I decided, you know what, maybe I won't drop out. Maybe I'll stick around. But my main goal was always to drop out because of the side hustles I already had going on. Uh -huh. Nonetheless, once I got to college and I started to really enjoy it, I was like, hey, I might, might just stick around. But then we get to uh, the Zoom classes, and I did that for about a year. And um, I get to a point where the classes just, I, I started to regret attending my classes. Like, actually, usually kids regret not attending their classes. I regretted showing up. Wow. Because I would sit in these classes for hours. And after that class would be over, I would sit back and I would think to myself, wow, I just wasted two hours of my life. I did not learn anything I didn't already know or anything that was meaningful to me. Where I could have been learning and educating myself on my own, 
about all of this stuff that's far more relevant and important. Wow. And so I, I was, I got very tired of having that feeling of feeling like my time was wasted and I still love my professors. It wasn't necessarily their fault. It was the content of what was being taught. And so I wanted to show more respect for my time and for my gifts. And it was a terrifying decision because I want my whole life associating myself as a student yeah. with this identity as a student. And so it was very challenging to make that leap. And it was only one semester before I would have graduated. So I would have been graduating right now, actually, this, this exact week, I would have been graduating. Yeah. And I dropped out earlier this year in April and, um, you know, dives into just double down on what I was already doing, which is the metaverse the NFTs. Jared, I am so impressed by you. And we haven't even gotten to what you know and what you do and how that plays out. Um, like you are just a paragon of the, the case study that I want to see when it comes to gifted individuals. I know that you didn't have that label possibly follow you all your life, but you, de you definitely have the characteristics. I mean, just everything that you've said, everything that I've seen, I, I'm just so proud of you. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Um, that you were able to take some of those, those things that, you know, parents struggle with for their kids who are like you to sort of advocate for, you were able to advocate for yourself in that way. So I really do commend you for that. So talk about the conversation that you had. Did you have a conversation with your mom before you decided to leave college? Um, I did. Okay. It was, How it did was that a very go? short, it was a very short conversation. Okay. Um, because she was, she trusted my judgment. She, she just Makes say, sense. look, you, you've been, you've been out there in, in Pennsylvania on your own for a while. Now you're in college on your own for a while. She just respected the decision. You know, she didn't put up any, any contest really. And she supported it. Sounds like you have an awesome mom and she understands this journey. She understood her son. She understood the assignment herself. Mm -hmm. She got mm -hmm. it. That's, that's great. That is awesome. All right. So how did you, so what, what led to you being confident enough to go ahead and drop out? You, you said that you had some side hustles. Did you have anything that was like major that you were working on already? Had you, go ahead and tell me about your entrepreneurial journey that led to your confidence in, in, in um, going ahead and dropping out. Right. And it was always kind of dabbling in different things. You know, maybe I might do some um, Amazon book publishing over here. Maybe I'll do some social media marketing over here. But it got to a point where I started making a lot of really cool connections and opportunities started presenting themselves for me. And now I was facing this opportunity cost of spending time in school versus building with these people who have already had all this experience in the real world of entrepreneurship. And so I realized that I had a choice. I had a choice to make between, you know, going and getting this degree that I wasn't going to use anyways, or strengthening these connections and taking advantage of these opportunities and partnership opportunities that were coming my way. And so I, I had that weight. And here, here's really what gave me the confidence, though. I asked myself this question, and this is a decision-making model that I use all the time in my life to help me make decisions that are really big. I asked myself, will it make the boat go faster? And so the backstory and context behind that is the British Olympic rowing team. For years, they had this horrendous record in the Olympic Games. They would constantly come in last or close to last. 
And so one year in preparation for the upcoming Olympic Games, as a team, they decided that they were going to ask themselves one question for every decision that they would make, both in their professional lives as athletes and in their personal lives. They would ask themselves, will it make the boat go faster? So if they were tempted to go out drinking and partying the night before they had training, they would ask themselves, will it make the boat go faster? If the answer was no, then the decision was no. Should they spend an extra five minutes running on the treadmill or practicing rows? Will it make the boat go faster? If the answer was yes, then the decision was yes. So they had this entire collective mindset of asking themselves this question for decision makings, and they would weigh every decision against that question. And so I took that concept, and now I ask myself, what's going to make my boat go faster? And of course, it's not always about going faster, but it's about getting there in one piece. But nonetheless, the boat, as you apply it to your real life, is your purpose, your mission, your gift. And so I have to ask, what's going to move me closer and faster towards my gift? And that's what I use to weigh decisions. For example, before I implemented this in dropping out of college, I implemented this in my college experience earlier on. So my sophomore year, I had a business conference lined up that I was going to go to in the fall semester. And it just so happens to fall on a, a, a week where I was going to be taking two midterms. So I was put in this situation where I had to choose between sacrificing 35% uh, of my grade in one class and 15% in another class, or I can go to this business conference. So it was the business conference or sacrificing or getting these tests done and then earning those grades. So that was the situation I was in. And I literally asked myself this question, what's going to make my boat go faster? It was a very obvious answer. The answer was go to that business conference right. because these grades are going to be irrelevant in five years. Right. And it was still a, a sucky situation, but I absolutely, I made that mental commitment to go to that business conference because I knew that was more aligned with my purpose. And more than that, I believed in myself to make up for those grades that I missed to somehow still pass that class, even though I'd be missing 35%, 15% in each of those classes. But here's the cool part. I was in that situation early on in the semester and I wasn't just gonna let it happen to me. So I reached out to the professors and I explained to them the type of student I was, um, what I do, how I'm involved in entrepreneurship and why this business conference matters. And I've had this lined up since the summer. And because it was so early on in the semester, they were not hearing it. They did not care and they didn't know me, but I had a few weeks to prove myself to them. So in those few weeks, all I did was be me. I just had to show up to class, be one of the most engaged students, um, do well on my homework, any quizzes that we had. And so it got to the point the week of, you know, I was, st they still were telling me no. And I'd asked multiple times throughout the semester so far. And they were still telling me, no, you have to be here to take these exams. We're not making an exception for you. And so I was like, okay. But the week of, one professor for the class that had 15% of my grade, they actually pulled me aside after class and said that they were going to work something out. Wow. The next day, the entire test date for the class changed. And so I was good there. Wow. Then I had that other class where I was still risking 35% of my grade. And that professor was very, very challenging to get through to. But the day before my trip, <laughs> the day before my trip, she sends me an email and says, okay, look, if you come in tomorrow, then you can take the test at my office. And I was like, well, I got to leave tomorrow for my trip. 
and my, my flight was at noon. So she said, okay, come in at 8 a.m. to my office. And so I get there at 8 a.m., take the test, ace it, of course, and then go to my trip. Wow. But that was very, very close to sacrificing those grades, but I would have done it. And I, it would have been worth it after I went to the business conference. I met somebody who's now a friend and mentor to me to this day. So it was absolutely going to be worth it if I had to sacrifice that. But that's the decision-making model that I use to make these big decisions in life. And so I applied that same thing when I was in that situation earlier this year, I was like, okay, look, I got these business opportunities, these partnership opportunities, and I got this exploding world of NFTs and the metaverse that I have an opportunity to get ahead on right now. Or I can continue to take these tests that I probably already know the answers to. 